0: From Washington, D.C., this is Backroom Politics with moderator Justin Russell. And hello out there in radio land. It is time for the best political talk show you've never heard of. This is Backroom Politics from Studio A at Podcast Village in Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C., your your nation's capital. Joining me as they do every time we broadcast to my left, he is the former Undersecretary of Commerce for International Trade, the one we know as the... Honorable Alan Moore. Hello, Alan. Hello, Justin. And directly across from me at my 11 o'clock, he is the retired one-star admiral from your United States Navy. Straight from Boca del Vista, down in the great Sunshine State. He is Admiral Ken Caradine. Hello, Admiral. Where it's very warm. Good it, it is warmer than here. I will give you that, just coming back from Florida. Uh, behind the glass, obviously, is Rob the Engineer, who always keeps us in check. And somewhere in an undisclosed location in a spa in upstate New York, Audrey Harrington, our producer. Uh, We have got so much to talk about since we last came to you. Don't even know where to begin. We are going to begin, however, with the the big breaking news that's starting to uh, ignite here in Washington, D.C., and that is... This plan uh, that is coming to light, NBC News is reporting that a Flynn-backed plan to transfer nuclear technology to Saudi Arabia may have broken laws and does allegedly involve the president's administration, includes a senior ranking official from the inauguration and a close Trump ally named Tom Barak. Uh, And, obviously, the uh, former National Security Advisor, General Michael Flynn. According to NBC, whistleblowers from within the National Security Council have told uh, House Oversight Committee that the former National Security Advisor had tried or had established a plan and had tried to transfer sensitive nuclear technology to Saudi Arabia, which would have violated so many laws. And this is a report coming from whistleblowers, and this report is coming out of the House Oversight Committee, which is investigating the allegations. Uh, they have they have begun this investigation also involving the Office of Congressional Investigations, where this goes. But uh, from a national security standpoint, Admiral Ken, this is a big deal. It continues to draw the administration into a situation that they don't need any more bad publicity with their involvement with the Saudi regime particularly that of the crown prince bin salman how how devastating is this to the administration if these
1: allegations by these whistleblowers prove to be true. Well, it depends on on where where the lines end up being drawn. If they all, for instance, end with General Flynn, uh, who I will remind everyone um, was uh, the subject of a warning by by uh, President Obama on his way out the door, then I think the Trump administration can rightfully say, "Hey, not us, just Flynn." And we've already seen that the president will you know, pretty much throw anybody under the bus. Uh, in order to protect himself and his family. If, however, the lines can be clearly drawn uh, to the president, then I think, uh, to your point, this becomes a much bigger deal. And um, I think it's, it's safe to say that there are now people in Congress who are in positions of authority uh, that are looking to make the president pay some sort of recompense for <laughs> even being elected, but let alone breaking the laws as much as he uh, he he uh, it seems to have done uh, with other other incursions or um, bad moves. So yeah, it really depends on where the lines are drawn here.
0: Alan Moore, uh, as a as a former Undersecretary of Commerce for International Trade. You know, there's one thing about disclosing open trade on energy products and energy services with, quote-unquote, allies in the region, such as the Saudis. They've had power generation deals go down with American companies like Siemens, Westinghouse, General Electric. Uh, this one doesn't seem to pass the smell test as it involves two high-ranking Officials and it, it, according to news reports, including the reports out of our friends at NBC News, this almost sounds like proliferation, not just energy generation.
2: There are a lot, I just have a lot of questions about this. I haven't read uh, that much about it, there's not that much to read yet. Um, I, I, I think Ken was was on track here with this reminder that F- Flynn was in government for about 20 minutes and he's been out of government since, uh, you know, one month in. Now, that doesn't mean that he didn't have influence during the transition. Uh, what I've read is that there there's a divide inside the White House um, and inside this administration on whether – The sale should go forward. Forget who might have a personal financial interest like, sorry, Mr. Flynn, the scumbag Flynn, um, who was apparently trying to pad his own pocket here a long time ago, but Tom, Tom Barrack is still the,
0: directly involved with the well, administration. There,
2: well, and there's a debate that supposedly uh, Rick Perry, the Secretary of Energy, has favored this deal. Supposedly the Nash, the former National Security Advisor, uh, McMaster. Was adamantly opposed. We know that the president has, has, and and the president's son-in-law have done have bent over backwards to try to be supportive of uh, the 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 Saudi uh, king and the crown prince uh, who got into to and is still in in hot water over the the death of uh, the, the columnist Khashoggi, and so. It's not resolved. There's still a debate. It's very clear, uh, I think, as Ken mentioned, that the Saudis, <laughs> you both mentioned, they have bought a lot of stuff from us. They have a lot of American technology and, and planes and missiles and weapons and so on. Um, it You know, we're not talking— uh, uh, a a a hostile regime here. So
0: I'm. But at the same time, I'll, hold on. But at the same time, in more
2: information.
0: But at the same time, I mean, now two sources are reporting the that this would have been the transfer of sensitive nuclear technology. That to me does not sound like power plant stuff. That to me gives the impression of. Uh, the armament of fusion, fusionable materials that does not raise that question to me. It doesn't. Why? It, it, because sensitive nuclear material doesn't raise a, a red flag to you. My understanding of
2: it, my reading of it, and my my brain tells me that that nucle, that that nuclear power plant generation, which can sometimes, depending upon the technology grant access to, to materials that we don't necessarily want people to have, requiring all sorts of extra safeguards and so on. I don't get the sense that they're simply out there selling, uh, selling weaponry. Uh,
1: what? Uh, Admiral Ken i, I head. Uh, I, I love Alan. <laughs> yeah, we, all <laughs> he knows that. we all do. We all do. I think the, the cat's been out of the bag as to how to run a nuclear power plant for a little over 50 years now. And I think when I hear the words sensitive nuclear materials – uh, I my mind immediately goes to uh, weaponization of that technology.
0: It's, even if it's not uh, weaponization, not weaponization, it's still proliferation of nuclear armament I, I, capabilities. But
1: I will, I will, I will, I will uh, agree with Alan. allegedly. I will, I will agree with Alan that I think that this is in in uh, much like a lot of things uh, where this White House is concerned. Um, it's early and i'm i'm really anxious to hear a little bit more detail as to what what who where when and uh, more important most importantly you know did did the president have his fingers in this or not wow i this, this is
0: cuz to me this throws another wrench into an already sensitive situation in the middle east we are literally we literally pulled out of a nuclear agreement with iran against the recommendation of our allies uh, to not do so. We then turn around and do the stupid maneuver about pulling out of Syria and announcing the pull out of Syria, leaving our Kurdish allies in the lurch. And now this is starting to break. Is this, Alan, just another uh, flawed? Na- I-, I mean, is our national security policy in the Middle East? That flawed, that bad, and being poorly handled by those not in the know. We don't know, Justin.
2: We don't know enough yet. We can't draw that conclusion. Should we have those questions? Absolutely, 100%. I'll remind you with regard to Syria. The president talked to, the, to President Erdogan of Turkey and comes out and says, we're pulling out of Syria. We've defeated ISIS. And then all hell breaks loose inside the administration. And John Bolton goes to Turkey and else, and, and other people speak out and say, well... We're making great progress, and as long as certain things occur, then we will pull out. At which point Erdogan explodes in anger. We shift on a dime constantly. So But well, you can't run foreign policy. I'm that not saying way, Alan. That you, Kath, they, that's not what I'm saying, Justin. <laughs> you're 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 leaping to the conclusion. I am saying hang on here, learn some more. Let's find out exactly what it is we're talking about, what the status is, who had their hands in, in, in a pocket um, in, in terms of trying to make a deal. Uh, we don't my guess is that that this was a stupid deal, and it's probably never going to happen. Having said that, that doesn't mean that we got way out there on a limb. I don't know. I don't know, and I'm not therefore prepared to say what exactly happened. But to
1: your
0: point, but, your- but let's go over a couple of things that are that, that have been being reported by several sources, including again, we're going off the NBC report uh, of of the reporting of um, uh, Ken Delanian, who who I I think is 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 a good investigative reporter. But I mean, they are literally call- the Trump administration has told after a meeting with nuclear power officials, which included, according to NBC, Jared Kushner, uh, it, include, uh, it included it uh, included several uh, staffers from the National security advise uh, National Security Council and Trump advisor Tom Barack. Uh, but they they literally dubbed this the Marshall Plan for the Middle East, uh, and according to Candelanians uh, reporting, that uh, the House Oversight said that the whistleblower was told the committee that one of Flynn's top aides, Derek Harvey, who was the senior director for Middle East and North African affairs, stated during the first week that Flynn had already decided to adopt this idea and developed dozens of nuclear power plants and transferred this sensitive nuclear technology to the Saudis. Again, this is why does well let me ask this question before I go down the, this rabbit hole, uh, Alan, does the, the Saudis have already got power generation capabilities that they've struck in, that they've struck deals with American and European Power generation companies. That is accurate. We know that for a fact. What we don't know is how deep the capabilities, and this is where I will side with you, we don't know how deep the capabilities are on the nuclear plants that are currently operating in Saudi Arabia. Does If they've already got that, do they need the acceptance of the federal government, the National Security Council, or the State Department or the Department of Commerce to do more similar deals to the ones that they already have, why would they have to involve the National Security Council, the State Department, and the White House in a deal that they've already done 20 times before? Well, I assume that there's
2: something different about this deal. There's something different about this technology, which constantly is... The sensitive
0: nuclear technology that's being reported.
2: That, that that there's that there's additional technology that they want and that has to go through traps in the US government and it's not it's not one guy like General Flynn who can simply say yeah we're doing this No national security advisor in my memory has had that kind of power that doesn't mean they don't have power they can't push an agenda but ultimately there are cabinet officials who weigh in, and there's a president who makes a, de- makes a decision when there are differences of opinion, which there were in this particular case. I find it just curious that, that something Flynn was up to his neck in two years ago is now coming to the fore as though it was on the verge of happening. Even They're in in still pushing this deal,
0: this deal exactly, that you're referring Flynn's to. Exactly. Flynn's gone. Flynn's is not a but player still, anymore. But uh, Well, on top of the fact, and let's, let's also go over this, is it is being reported that General Flynn, which was a part of the original deal, there's a company called IP3 that he was listed. It's, it's owned by a larger nuclear power generation consulting firm called IronBridge. General Flynn was listed in their financials in 2015 and early 2016 as a paid consultant and advisor to IP3. And it appears, according to congressional reports, he listed that as advisor in 2017 after he was already with the administration as the national security advisor. That, to me is not only a direct organizational conflict of interest, but they're still pushing this plan, which has slime written all over it. This is the swamp that they talk about. So we got two problems
2: here. One, I have not seen the report you're talking about, and if you want me to discuss it, you should alert me ahead of time that it's something we're going to discuss. Secondly, it's all incomplete. And, and to the extent we're talking about Flynn <laughs> Flynn's waiting to be sent to jail that doesn't mean he's completely and totally irrelevant and yes as far as I've read there are this thing is not dead there are people inside the administration pushing it Including I don't know enough, I don't know enough
0: detail it, so it's reported but, I but, don't know but from a national from a national security standpoint Alan and uh, Admiral Ken it, this should if this if this reporting's correct tick off most of our allies in the region cuz this just this just screams you know even if it's more nuclear power which everybody's been fighting to, against in the in the peninsula why push this
1: so um I'll front in my my answer by saying uh, I'm reminded of the the thing that my dad taught me once that if grasshoppers carried 45s, birdies wouldn't screw with them. Um so how much more ticked off can our allies be as evidenced by uh Vice President Pence's reception in Europe over the weekend. So again, I I, I would like I would like some more information. I would like to get a better handle on um, again, the timing of this, whether this is still an effort, an ongoing effort, and how strongly it's being pushed and, and from whom and, and why. But I guess, you know, a few minutes ago, you know, you, you, you ran through a litany of things that the administration had done on the, the foreign affairs front um, in the last two years. And I guess the thing that, that concerns me more than anything else, you know, from a national security and from a foreign affairs perspective it just seems like every freaking week there's something else with these guys, and I don't understand why it's so difficult for them to get their act together and their story straight. And I, you know, I think that you know, if, if there were a Trump supporter sitting in the room, they'd try and call it fake news and the uh, the the um, the uh, anti American media um, going after uh, a, a righteous a righteous president. But you know what? I think if they're truly honest with themselves. Which some seem to have a problem with, but they're truly honest with themselves. There's got to believe that there's some smoke here. There's some stink here, and it's coming from somewhere, and it's coming from somewhere not not you know not very far from from uh, from downtown Washington D.C. It's it's troubling.
0: Yeah, no, oh, it is. Uh, now, the interesting point on this is when so the House Oversight Committee has already put in the request for. Uh, Additional documents to come from the White House, from Department of Commerce, Defense, Energy, State, Treasury, uh, from the companies like IronBridge, IP3, uh, the Flynn Intel Group, which was owned by Michael Flynn, ACU Strategies, uh, and a company called Colony North Star. All these companies are being listed. The, 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 the thing that I've noticed with these companies is... All the companies listed in requests from the oversight committee are companies that have direct ties to White House officials or senior Trump cronies. Whether it's Barack, whether it's Kushner, whether it's Flynn, uh, this this could go uh, as this could go as far. Uh, according to NBC, this could involve. Um, uh, the former, uh, oh uh, Gates, who's already pled guilty and has gone to jail. It, 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 it just strikes me that they keep uh, they keep going down the same stupid rabbit hole and stop and keep making the same stupid mistakes. If true, without the, seeing the report or anything, but these are amateur mistakes. What does it take for the White House to realize that they're going to get themselves caught into a real ringer? At the end of the day, if this keeps going, not just with our allies, but here domestically at home, it would
1: take it would take um, it would take the most diehard supporters in the Senate and the Congress to basically step up and realize that their oath of office is to the Constitution and not the president. That's what it would take.
0: Alan,
2: I'm at a loss to know how to even respond because we've spent 20 minutes talking about an issue about which I don't no more than a few sentences of 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 report you're staring at the nbc report um we're, we're we're talking about this as though it's the the biggest greatest foreign policy disaster of this administration i don't see that they they have broken china all over the world um, and we as 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 ken mentioned uh, the vice president had a horrendous uh, weekend in Germany does much of America care not so far as I can tell um, uh, th- this is Teflon Don um, and and uh, he 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 orchestrated a nomination for a Nobel Peace Prize by by, by, the, oh, we're by talk about by, by the too. Japanese um, which is, is sort of a sad tragic. Joke uh, in in it in its own right, and, and <laughs> commented on it in in his rambling statement uh, from the White House the what other day. Wants
1: one because Obama's got one. It,
2: it, <laughs> right, right. I mean, it, it, there's just issue after issue after issue. Some of which we know a lot about and have talked about at 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 great length. This president seems to operate. Out of his gut, even when his gut is clearly a mess and his instincts are clearly wrong, what he's not wrong about is his ability to kind of— have not a lot of this stuff stick to him. I just don't know where this one fits in. Um, if it if it implicates his son-in-law, if there's some connection uh, t- to him, uh, if one of his close friends was padding his pocket here, if there's truly a, a national security issue involved here, um, then then as 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 Ken points out, you know, there's some smoke here. It kind of there's a little stink here. Let's figure out what this is but it's one of a of a long line of of unconventional idiotic risky foreign policy moves that the administration uh, has made. I don't know when you get to a tipping point where they say, "Oh wow, that one went too far." <laughs> He's going to be with the Koreans in a in a week or two. That's a candidate. That's we're going too far. It, what the
0: second the, the yep. second meeting with Kevin? Absolutely, yep. I yeah. we're going to talk about that too. Uh, all right, let's uh, let, let's uh, take a, let's take a break right now, and when we come back in a couple of minutes, we're going to talk about the wall and the Rose Garden speech, which might have just painted the president into a real deep corner. This is backroom politics from Podcast Village Studio A in Washington D.C. We'll be back in two minutes.
3: Now I'm disgusted, I found him out, had a showdown. When I think of him, how much I love him, I get a desperate notion, that's the way I feel today. My heart is aching because he's making a plaything of my devotion, that's the way I feel today. Without any reason or a word to say, that man turned his key living I'll soon be giving my body up to the ocean that's the way I feel today That's the way I feel today. My heart is aching because he's making a plaything of my devotion. That's the way I feel today. Without any reason or a word to say, that man turned his keys in, he packed and went away. What good is living? I'll soon be giving my body up to the ocean. That's the way I feel today. I said, that's the way I feel.
0: Washington, D.C. This is Backroom Politics with moderator Justin Russell. And we're back here in Studio A at Podcast Village in Upper Georgetown, northwest part of your nation's capital, Washington, D.C. It's the best political talk show you never heard of. Joining me in studio, Admiral Ken Carradine, the Honorable Alan Moore. In case you didn't see it last Friday, the president uh, went into the Rose Garden and basically addressed the nation, the world, and the White House press corps about a declaration of emergency that he has made for the emergency in the administration's terms that is happening on the southern border of the United States. This was done in response to a deal that the president signed last Thursday, which kept the government open. Uh, as a looming shutdown would have happened at midnight on Friday morning, uh, the the deal the deal the funding bill that the president signed included roughly about one point three and change billion dollars for uh, said barrier or deterrent functions, uh, f- which would include a possible barrier. No wall mention in that in that language. Would have given him something to put on the southern border, a fence or whatever he wants to call it, he being the president. Uh, But then Friday morning declared this state of emergency, which has got everybody up at arms. Let's talk about the deal first. Uh Alan Moore, the, the deal itself, Harry, literally Mitch McConnell, uh... You had Mitch McConnell, the majority leader in the Senate. You had the minority leader in Kevin McCarthy, the minority whip in, uh, Kevin, Scali- in uh, uh, Kevin Scalise uh, telling the president, We got to sign this deal. Pretty much most Republicans on the Hill were telling the president, Hey, you really got to sign this deal. We- is- they kept pushing the fact that nobody really won here but it seems that the democrats may have scored another victory on border security painting the president back into a corner accurate well they they got him they got a reaction
2: out of him um that they seem to be glad about um both you know they because the president chose to to go this national emergency route it sort of undercut his narrative that we got a good deal here cuz they were going to give us $1 for for the barrier and now we've got one almost 1. 1.4 plus hundreds of millions uh, in additional money that wasn't asked for for broader border security issues. We spent about $23 billion between Customs and Border Patrol and, and, and ICE, so massive amounts of money, including some additional money to deal with the humanitarian crisis d- down on the border. It's the kind of thing that he could have fashioned into a Compromise, which is how government worked, and we and we and we've we've got uh, some uh, some money that we can c- continue to build, and we're going to continue to fight this fight. Blah blah blah. He chose instead to, and then there was a, a, a second option, which was we're going to try to reprogram some money and see if we can find additional funds um, within our uh, other authorities to do even more work he he rejected both of those and went for this this emergency declaration which which was least uh, welcomed by uh, by republicans we're now on our way to court and we're going to find out if his exercise of authority was in fact constitutional or not. In the meantime, there isn't going to be any building with any of that money. He's going to talk about what he wants to reprogram. He's talking about multiple billions, mostly for military construction, <coughs> most of which is for military bases uh, in in America and around the world. Controversial in its own right because you're going to take it from something that was very happy that it had it and put it elsewhere. Um, and uh, and we'll see if. It's constitutional. We'll see if the 1976 law, which allows emergency powers to be invoked, is constitutional. Nobody's ever challenged that question because it's never been abused like this. Um, But here's a case where this president's taken it to a whole different place than the handful of times it's ever been used before. And we're going to find out if... A, he's exceeded his, the, the the legal authority in the 76 law and or if that law and his use of it is uh, even constitutional. Uh,
0: Admiral, the, the president clearly
1: in his mind believes that
0: this is an emergency on the southern border. Is it in fact an emergency?
1: No, it's not. Why? <clears throat> well, I mean, taking the word of uh, National Security uh, Advisor uh, Dan Coats, no, it's not. Uh, they very clearly listed out. The, the things that were threats to the U.S., and this, was, this one didn't make the, uh, the top 50 list. Um, but that's not important. That's not, that's not relevant to the art, to the discussion. Neither is the, 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 uh, the fact of whether the, the president is violating the Constitution or not. What's important here is, is the fact that <clears throat> the president has always had two strains to what he does. One, he will always not ignore his base. And two, uh, and this is to his words on Friday, he is worried uh, about being able to get reelected in 2020. So I have a prediction. My prediction is that one of two scenarios will play itself out. Scenario number one, um, the Congress uh, and the Senate will realize that their oaths of office are not to the president, uh, but to the Constitution. They will rise up and they will bat this down. Uh, and then the president will take out his anger on the one or two Republicans who dare uh, cross him and call for them to be— primary in the in, the, in the, the near future. And he'll take the Twitter and he'll beat him up. Meanwhile, to his base, he can go and say, hey, I tried. But uh, there was some deep state forces and some uh, uh, rebel Republicans who crossed us." And well, by the way, you need to remember them at the poll time. But at the end of the day, he maintains his base. Scenario number two, we go to court. This basically goes to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court does their job and says, you know, Mr. President, uh, you know, God bless you for for trying, but, you know, you're crossing the Constitution, and he can again go to his base and say, hey, I tried to get our wall built, but uh, the powers that be, um, the, again, those deep state agents are at play inside the Supreme Court. The bottom line is he's able to go back to his 35 percent base and take that base into a reelection campaign um, and, and go forward from there. Meanwhile, he is, you know, he has not lost a thing. This is a no lose scenario for him, Alan. You, you agree? This is a no lose scenario for the president. I think.
2: I don't know about no lose, but I think he's positioned himself in a way where he he can come out of it um, as it, it exactly the way the way Ken described. That that that. Uh, having said that, he he does have this ability uh, to step step on his privates. It doesn't seem to hurt when he does that, but but uh, uh, and I do think this will end up in the courts. I don't. Uh, there, there, there will be a, a, a congressional test. The House will pass what's called a resolution of disapproval. They will send it over to the Senate. The Senate uh, re- Democrats will vote for it, and Republicans will. I'm I'm assuming that some Republicans will vote. Uh, don't, don't the Republicans? For on the, I mean,
0: the, the Republicans on the Hill saw this. Uh, this speech from the Rose Garden last Friday, and they've they've got to be telling themselves: number one, the emergency he's creating is an emergency in his own mind. Well, there, it's there, an emergency based on information that is flat out incorrect, if not matter. an outright lie.
2: Look, there 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 are Republicans who are, you know, it, it, it. I don't know if we want to get off into this whole issue of. Constitutional authority and responsibility or politics, because uh, having having spent a lot of years up there, I I have a lot of respect for people who go out, lay their lives on the line, run for office, get elected um, and and by and large, try to do the right thing and and try not to destroy their own situations in future but uh, so so I'm 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 less inclined to just condemn having said that what what may well happen is there'll be some number of republicans who will vote to disapprove this declaration of an emergency if that occurs so it will pass both houses then the president will veto it and there, I don't see them getting two thirds in either the Senate or the House to override the president's veto. But the but the Democrats will have a political issue uh, that, that even more than they already have, um, and so. That's where it comes back to the court. Six, Sixteen states are, are are already now in court to to challenge uh, well, the, the president's yeah, authority we'll get, here. We'll,
0: we'll get to that. I, 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 I want to right. I, I want to go back to the to the to the Rose Garden speech because, you know, so many things were brought out there that, in the president's mind, and obviously in the in the mind of certain advisors in the White House, are saying that hey. These facts, not the actual statistics coming out of the actual agency that does this enforcement, the Department of Homeland Security, which I thought was ironic because when they brought up stats, when Peter Alexander uh, and Jim Acosta brought up facts in the Rose Garden, he said, well, I got my own stats that I use. So, you don't believe the stats of your own Department of Homeland Security, and he made some obnoxious comment about Kirsten Nielsen, the Secretary of Homeland Security, which if I was the Secretary of Homeland Security, you'd have my resignation the next day. That's because you have pride. Well, yeah. Well, no, I got a lot of respect for Secretary Nielsen. I still don't know why she's there, but that's another story. The issue is that we have a president that's declaring outside of the fact that, and again, we'll get to that issue, the, the, the lawsuit issue. Which, the, which almost the president had a crystal ball that that was going to happen. But at what point does the administration or what time, at what point does Congress and other Republicans start realizing that the president is going to take himself down with this overhyped emergency on the southern border and he's going to take other Republicans down with him, as a result, when are they going to stand up to him, or do they
1: not have the capacity? Admiral Ken. I don't think they do. I, I think that uh, people like Jim Jordan, um, who uh, on the heels of the president's um, uh, Rose Garden presser, um, even came out even more forcefully for uh, the wall than, than, uh, than, than, than he did previously. Uh, these 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 people have have tied their fortunes, um, their futures, uh, to the president, and uh, and he's got them. Um, and uh, I don't. I think it's going to take something like the president, um, you know, getting batted down by the Supreme Court or or worse, um, um, uh, being impeached, for them to basically get get on with the get on get on board with the idea that this is not the way ahead for them. And it's 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 very hard. It's very hard for someone who has been a, a person of color Republican for for thirty years to watch because you know they are basically violating everything you know I ever stood for. Um, reducing the deficit, small government, um, uh, not giving the executive branch too much power. This this is this this flies in the face of all of that. It, does
0: it bother you, Alan Moore, that the president literally just gave? All 16 attorneys general that that filed this lawsuit that you were speaking of earlier, they filed that earlier today uh, in federal court. Does it not surprise you that the president basically painted himself in the corner, saying, "Hey, I didn't have to do it this way, but I wanted to do it now, and I wanted to get it done quicker," which pretty much just solidified the argument. All they have to do is show all the, these 16 attorneys general have to do is just show that videotape and. Any federal judge? No, I
2: I don't think that's the key. I think I'm more interested in the fact that it's reported that more than 50 former senior U.S. intelligence officials, most of whom served uh, in the Obama administration, but some in 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 Republican administrations, are signing a document to support this court case to say, in our considered judgment and opinion and long histories, this is not. A a national emergency that that warrants this kind of treatment. That's more significant to me than the president just babbling on without focus, uh, without following uh, a commentary. I what's, what what'll be interesting to me is and you know none of us are lawyers here, but doesn't st- certainly doesn't stop us from speculating or me anyway um, uh, about about what what the law is and, and how this will come out. I'm expecting and I am hoping that the courts, including the Supreme Court, strike this down. If they do then all this fear about what a future Democratic president is going to do with emergency authority um, to declare emergencies when something horrible is happening in the country and simply by executive order uh, choose to, to make unilateral changes in guns, in climate, pick an issue. Um, I think that's all dangerous. I, not, notwithstanding the fact that the Congress doesn't function very well— it's part of the system, and it needs to function, and it can function. And the more we allow presidents—and and President Obama, let's not forget, <laughs> he issued more—took more regulatory actions of a significant size by far than any previous president. This president, after having been part of Republicans who criticized Obama for eight years, has said— Hey, why not? Not that this president understood all the things that President Obama was doing. He just kind of joined the chorus. Yeah, 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 you can't do all of that. You can't do all of that. And then he took power, and he began to, fine, undo some of what Obama did. We can debate the merits of those. But now has found new areas where he wants to take executive action, where no president has ever gone before, and this is such an example. Yeah, I'm but, hoping it's but, struck that, that it's struck down
0: in the courts. But I mean, struck down in the courts. The, the, these attorneys general still need a reason. I mean, does the president have the authority? Yes. Does he it's ask- not clear that he has the, has the authority that's what they're arguing they're, they're, that's their argument but they're still going to have to come up with some sort of suitable argument that says you know, look you want to declare emergency because there are wildfires in California that is absolutely within your right so- if if you are if you are going to claim an emergency status, even under the 1976 rule, you still have to show just—you still have to show justification or cause. With my understanding of why you are declaring this emergency, he doesn't have
1: that right now on this crisis. Uh, again, I don't want to be part of the president's plan of ultimate distraction because that's what that is. Okay. I don't. I think if you were to get President Trump in a dark room where there were no uh, microphones or anything, and you got him to admit, "Do you really think this wall thing is going to get built?" He would probably tell you, Do, "Really, no." But he's got he's got a problem. He's got almost a year and a half of videotape saying where we're going to build the wall on the southern border. Who's yeah, going to so spend on, a year on, and a half hold on, saying hold on, hold on, Mexico hold is going to pay for it? Uh, uh, that's exactly the point that I'm going to make. And so the point here, the point here is. Not whether he has the authority to do this or not, not whether this is a real emergency or not, not whether he is violating the Constitution or not. That is not the issue. Don't get distracted here. The issue is, the issue is, he's got to maintain his base and he's looking to get reelected in 2020. And he needs his base to do that. And if he basically just signed that deal and just kind of thrown up his hands and said, I give up, guess what? The, va- the base gets chipped away at, and it goes from thirty percent down to maybe twenty or fifteen. Ann Coulter, Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh would basically take him to task for that. Well, he he, said, can't he
0: said in the Rose Garden. He doesn't know who Ann Coulter yeah, is. Yeah, so okay, that's whatever. Story. And I don't know who that's you another. Are. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's another story. I don't story. know who you are. But 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 again, though, the the, the, the question still comes back to: Look, I I don't I, I don't condone Barack Obama for the executive privilege that he took on a lot of executive orders and declarations that he made. No question was out of bounds. And the Republicans is- and the Republicans had the right to fight him on that. What bugs me is the hypocrisy of well that was Barack Obama, but President Trump does it He's well within what his should bother
1: you is that in, 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 in my memory, and I, and I would ask Alan to chime in one way or the other on this, in my memory, there was not a, a, one of those executive orders that the that President Obama signed that was in direct uh, contravention of the Constitution. Not one. He did not try to go around Congress to basically get funding for something that he wasn't that uh, that Congress had denied uh, him of. i mean i I'm, I'm, I'm asking for memory here and so remember and I'm not an Obama fan either and I, I, I got you I got you there's two that come to mind, but Alan go ahead first. Yeah, yeah
2: yeah so so there you, you you talked about two things there i don't I don't recall anything where he tried to use his authority to grab money from one thing and do it to another no. I, I don't remember that occurring whether any of this but to is constitutional privilege no, 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 no. He did whether any th- any of this is constitutional or not remains to be seen so you know one people were arguing that he was exceeding his exec- his constitutional authority the 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 accusation will be and the the heart of these court cases uh, against uh, the president now is that that he uh, exceeds constitutional norms constitutional power the courts decide People have opinions, and people are divided. Most lawyers believe he doesn't have the constitutional authority to do it, and most people believe that that he will get his lunch handed to him on this one. Uh, I hope they're right, simply because— if they're wrong, then the only then that what we have to do is we gotta go change the nineteen seventy six law that he's using because that's that's completely screwed up.
1: I'm just a poor black boy from Alabama that got a good good public education. Right. I'm telling you right now, in reading anybody who's barely literate who reads the first amendment of Constitution, first article of the constitution sees that the power of the purse belongs to Congress. Sorry. It's just it's written there. And, and and to basically say that we don't know whether it's unconstitutional or not, the, the, I'm sorry, I disagree with you. Well, fine, then
2: We don't need to bother with the courts. But you know what? As I've said in the past, I have, I have seen many, many times— in the Senate, when people would say, "Oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. It's unconstitutional. It's unconstitutional." The only thing that determines whether something is unconstitutional is, the is when court. the Supreme Court makes right. that decision. You can read the language, and you can see, "Wow, that's going to be a tough one." And what are the other? What are the precedents? But ultimately, it's the court. One, when, one, one that, would argue that decides. One
0: could argue that one could argue that any time. The president puts emergency funding towards recovery in response to a hurricane. One could say that that goes against the Constitution. And it's been said. It, one it, one could say. But usually but, but, nobody, but, no, but usually,
2: usually 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 in 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 disaster response, there's a slush fund. There's a FEMA fund. You 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 don't designate where it's going to go. You go get it when you need it. So you declare, uh, an, you declare emergency, an emergency, and then you can tap into all of these pre-existing but, funds. But, Speaking, but, it's but, different but, but, than no, no, in this well, case. Not,
0: necess- not necessarily. No, 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 that I agree with. It is different in this case. But if you look at, like, for example, the year, you know, two years ago, when you had uh, Hurricane Harvey and Maria just devastate Florida, Puerto Rico, and Texas, there wasn't enough money to cover it. They established money, they literally went for a money grab, not authorized, nobody's going to fight it. But when you were talking about putting a wall on the southern border and using Defense Department funds, nobody's talking about the fact that, A, we the guy who was in charge of FEMA, Brock Long, resigned. There are indications and people I've talked to at FEMA that said he resigned because OMB told him, look, we're taking money, there's a possibility we're going to take money out of the recovery funding for Puerto Rico, Florida, Texas, and the California wire fires. At which point he said, no, what, to build your wall? No way, I'm out. Uh, That would have gotten all kinds of things blown up. But again, the fact that he's taking money out of Defense Department, Defense Department money, is completely and using Defense Department resources. Not only is it unauthorized funding, this also waves in the in it waves in the face of stuff like Stafford Act, Posse Comitatus.
1: This is a very ugly slope that they're playing with. H- hence my comment. And Alan, I, I let me let me let me try and repair the space between us by saying this. I don't believe that we should um, uh, disband the courts. All I'm saying is that, uh, you know, a a rational thinking person will look at everything that you said and what Justin said and say this is unconstitutional. And we need the courts, the Supreme Court, to verify that. And I'm guessing they will, and I hope they do, but
2: but, uh, Uh, it it remains to be seen. Let let us acknowledge, though, that in this particular (laughs) case— the money that would be spent is money that was appropriated it was appropriated for something else and 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 i was hearing steven miller (laughs) one of our collective favorites on the weekend just sort of going through this weird circular argument with chris wallace that the military construction budget is fair game because it's intended to protect military people and we've got these military people who shouldn't be on the border but are, who need to be protected. It was this weird, strange,
0: you, circular, wait, does everybody know logic. The, everybody knows where this money from the construction is coming from. right? Sure. Yeah. The but, Army Corps of Engineers. But, but, but
1: again, again. Like, and by I, the way,
0: and by the way, the Army U.S. Army Corps of Engineers does a lot of civil.
1: Yeah. Funded projects. That's a, that's a, that's the same thing as most people who are against the uh, who are against uh, Obamacare don't realize that uh, the 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 ACA is the same thing as Obamacare. But that's that's a right. whole different deal. Yeah. Again, I, I want to be careful that we don't get lured into the distraction trap. This is not about the money. This is not about the wall. This is about base maintenance. And I don't mean military base either.
2: Oh, no, no, no. Let me say, I completely 100% agree with the logic that, that Ken is applying here that, that Trump wants to please his base. He wants to be able to say, I did everything in my power to make this happen. Let no one ever question or doubt that. Um, I completely agree with that. Having said that, we're now on a path where these other things will occur. We've got lawsuits. We got we, – we're going to we're, we're have resolutions.
0: In, all this does is feed into the 20% of that base that talks about crap like Deep State. Sure. That talks about stuff – like these are the same people that buy into chemtrails. Yep. And black helicopter yep. programs. Yep. These are the conspiracy theorists. Alex Jones listening uh, constituency. They're all walking that around. Feeds the, the, into and and the fact that this is a segment of the electorate that is driving our White House to make policy decisions yep. is should scare the other eighty percent of American electorate that is being affected by this, even though they don't buy in.
2: Well, and the same 20% that we're talking about are the same people who absolutely despised every time that President Obama took some executive action that they were being That's told— That's not the only reason why was, they despised was, Obama.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they Let's be clear. Oh,
2: I didn't say it was the only thing they hated. I'm just saying they were, they were Obama haters for many reasons, including his— his stretching of, of uh, executive orders and executive responsibility, that's the sort of the hypocrisy and the irony here that that, that Trump has, has gone a step beyond what Obama ever did. And the people who hated Obama for it or claimed to um, uh, are now behind the president, with the exception. Ann Coulter's name came up. Ann Coulter has, has is now got a major breach with the president. She said something this he doesn't week. Know who she is? She said something this week, which is the is makes her uh, uh, for the moment anyway a favorite of the Democrats. Uh, won't last long. But she said the only national emergency that exists is that our president is an idiot. That was Ann Coulter. And That's
0: why he doesn't know who she is. I, I was going to say, and I never thought I would say this on open air. I actually kind of agree with Ann Coulter on that assessment.
1: Well, That's it's been me. that kind of a year because yeah, I I've, I've found myself agree with a whole look, bunch of people I never agreed I, I, with before. I, 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 look, the, the
0: the bottom line on this, and 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 we're we're closing out here. We got about a minute left. the The, the, the bottom line here is that this this is by no means done. Uh, as of this broadcast, the lawsuit by the attorney general has just been filed. Uh, we're going to be tracking that. More than likely, we will be talking about this in following shows in the weeks to come. But don't get distracted, people. Yeah, yeah. yeah but no, no. This is a this is a big deal. This is a deal of. Uh, this is a deal that could put Donald Trump in a really awkward position moving forward. We haven't even talked about the other awkward stuff, like the owners in the Rio Grande Valley that don't want this fence that they're talking — I mean, you're mentioning words like uh, eminent domain. Those people on the southern border of Texas are going to go, Ape crap over that stuff. Real quickly, yeah, ten any, seconds.
2: Anybody who, mi- who missed the president in the Rose Garden, be sure to watch the Saturday Night Live version. Alec Baldwin in the Rose Garden, yeah. which set the president up off.
0: a wall, threatening threatening NBC and Alec Baldwin. Yep. That hey, uh, he
1: should read the Constitution. Yeah, sometime. you think he really you, should?
0: You think? Okay, on behalf of Audrey Howerton, our executive producer. Hey, uh, Robby and Pierre, thank you, guys. I gotta close this out. <laughs> You know what? And Alan no, no Alan pictures. <laughs> Alan and Ken. Yeah, they're here too. I'm your host and moderator, Justin Russell. Follow us on Twitter at backroompolitic. Go to BackroomPolitics.org. By the way, go to backroompolitics.org. A great article by Admiral Ken just posted on that this week. We'll see you next episode. Bye bye.